Someone says, well, I'm praying God, I'm believing God for a promotion. Somebody is going to write the letter. God can't announce to you in heaven you are promoted and then you come into an office and say, I'm promoted. God can speak to you in heaven you are promoted, yes, and rejoice over it. But it must crystallize in somebody someday writing a letter and sending a letter saying you have been elevated here and telling everybody around to respond to you in that particular way. Somebody in authority must do it. And so you must have a heart of gratitude for every single person around you. If you're going to get the angels to be able to minister to and through those people. That's why the best thing Satan can do, all right, the, 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 that's why I say best now, the, the most strategic thing he can do uh, to stop the flow is to make sure that you don't have any sense of gratitude. You're walking inside a place, you want an increase your salary, there's that ingratitude there. You stepped into an organization that was built before you got there. And you will not have that platform to use your talent if it was not in existence and it came into existence by the sacrifice of people. And God cannot hear your voice of thanksgiving for the people there that have put in sweat, treasure, and blood for that thing to be in existence. And you come with a sense of entitlement and you're praying, God, I've heard, he says, thanksgiving, I must hear it. Worship over the lives of the people there. Thanksgiving, this is where we're missing it. Harper Caldwell he said, Jerusalem said, after they found and had that witness inside their heart, and then they went to pray for the banker. And just to offer a prayer for, for we we'll get there for kings and for those who are in authority. And they began to pray for them. They got a release in their spirit. And immediately the Holy Ghost told them, Call him now. Something has happened in the spirit, and he will give you that money. And the decision was reversed. He said, we've never done this before in the history of this bank. We're going to make this decision. If he got angry and said, well, I've been banking with these people for all these years, and he didn't return, and he was angry and he was angry at the people, and then he was praying and confessing, the entire thing would have collapsed. So you get in there, and worship means you surrender the entire process unto God. Worship means I'm not going to get offended if somebody doesn't, doesn't respond unto me the way I felt they should respond. Because if I'm offended, then I have made that person my source. Grace comes from the throne. That's why it's called the throne of grace. Grace comes from the throne. The Bible says those who have received the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace, it comes from God. Paul said when they saw the grace that was given, Paul didn't get that grace from Peter and James. He came from God. Grace comes from God. So for you to come out and say, well, this person snubbed me and this person didn't do that. And listen, that, then worship is not over the thing. God has spoken to you. He has placed the witness on the inside. You've gone to him in prayer. You believe you have received it. Listen, put worship over every single person, which means that I've released the entire process to the fulfillment of this thing unto God. I worship God over every single thing. Let me tell you something. In some cases, many cases, people do sense in their heart when God brings somebody into their network, to be used to bring about an answer to a prayer. You meet somebody, you sense something. Uh, you just know within yourself. You, you, you could even be attending a conference 
Let's say you're a preacher. And, and you say, nothing wrong with it. Listen to me. There's nothing wrong with this. And you sense on the inside that one day you're going to be on this platform here. You're going to be speaking in this conference. You, you know, you're going to be one of the regular speakers there. You're a young pastor. There's nothing wrong. But there is something wrong. When the next day they don't invite you, the year after they don't invite you, and then you get angry and you start complaining. And then you now start bad-mouthing them on something else. But really what's going on is that hope deferred has made your heart sick. Nothing wrong. Joseph rightly sensed in his heart the chief butler was his connection to the throne. But leave the process, my dear friends, to God to fulfill. Just worship him over the people and say, Lord, I leave everything. I pray, all right, that you use these people in your own way to bring about this particular thing. And I just worship you. I, I release this entire process onto you, and I'm just there, and I worship you, and allow it, that first the air. So it says first the supplication. So what you're supposed to do here is that let's assume you have this prayer here in the morning, and you want to offer it up unto God, and it's a written petition that you've offered up unto God. Now I want to show you what you want to do here. So you go that morning after you've prayed it. Now it says supplications. So you go, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I want to thank you because you have said unto me in your word that I shall, let's just say this now, I shall be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I thank you because I asked you in the name of Jesus Christ for this specific thing according to this particular scripture you gave unto me. I believe in the name of Jesus Christ that you heard and answered my prayer. And I want to thank you because I have received this answer to this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. It was based upon the promise you gave to me, and you read it out. Now I release myself unto you. They get into that. Uh, and every single person that will be involved in this process. You are the God that knows the hearts of people, and I worship you. And you release everything now to God in worship. And take off what is called the human clutch, and say, God, you are the source of everything. You answer this prayer, and I worship you over. And then you get into worship, and just worship him over every single person, and you worship him. Then you enter into the place of intercession. In session is when the Holy Spirit now takes hold together with you against your infirmity, for you know not what you should pray for, for that's the next thing as you ought. This is where you now start praying out in the Spirit. You've prayed out that supplication. You've prayed it out in your known tongue. You've quoted the relevant scriptures. But you don't know what you should pray for as you ought. In other words, the fine details of it. You know that salvation is going to come. You know that God has given you another job. But you don't know exactly who the person is who is going to do the interview. You don't know who the person is who is the final decision maker. You don't know the details of everything. 
So you get into the intercession of the Spirit and it's traveling there with groanings that cannot be uttered. And what are you praying for? For kings, for, 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 it says, we, let, let's offer up, let's look at it here. First Timothy chapter 2, it says we're praying for kings and for all those who are in authority. The word authority there simply means everybody that holds a preeminent position, it doesn't have to be a ruler. But it simply has to be for kings and for all those who are in authority. In other words, there are people that are in authority in this process. There are people that are decision makers in this entire process. Uh, there are people that, you know, I, I can participate in this particular thing. You understand this. And so you are now making intercession and praying that the power of God be released upon those people, whoever they are in the details of this particular thing. That, Lord, I'm praying for these people. Now, I'm confessing your word. I'm confessing the promises, but I'm praying for the people. I'm covering the people that will bring about the realization of this particular thing, but I'm confessing your word. But it's going to be made manifest through people. Now, you can't be confessing the word of God. You break forth on the left and on the right, and as a pastor, you are doing that, but it's people that are going to come to your church. It's not things, it's people. You say, well, I'm praying for finances. It's people that are going to give. It's people. So the minute you start making intercession for people, and you are there worshiping God as the source, but making intercession for people, which means you've released the entire process. I don't know who it is in exact terms, but people are going to be used, and I worship over these people here, whoever it is. I bring them under the covering of God. And, you know, I mean, tells us in the book of Luke, he said, I will soon have gathered under my wings. He said, he said but, but what do you do? He says, he says, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. That people are going to come. I will gather these blessings under my wings. All of your children, I will gather them together, but it's going to come through people, which means it's somebody that is going to mention. It's, it's the woman there that was touched by Jesus, that opened up an entire city to Jesus, who was by the well, the Samaritan. She opened up an entire city to the ministry of Jesus. It's somebody that, look, it doesn't just, somebody is going to tell. That's why Jesus said, I pray not just for these ones, his disciples, but those who will hear through the word they have spoken. He was praying for those people because the disciples were the ones who were going to spread the word to some people. If your company is going to grow and you're going to get more clients, it's simply because somebody told somebody, go to that place. It's not magical. You can have the spectacular once in a while where somebody was asleep and in a dream, Jesus appeared to the person or the person got some communication supernatural to go there. But the supernatural, the day-to-day -day thing, which is supernatural, is going to come through people. So many are confessing things, but not praying for the people. And the answer is stuck within the people. And because they don't understand it's the people, then they don't even treat the people right. And so what's happening is they are botting the entire thing that is right before them. I mean, I'm going to teach this tomorrow about, about David. David went and prayed. Listen, he prayed to God. He said, should we go in Ziglag? Now let's go and recover everything. And God said, yes, go. But who opened up the door and brought about the restoration? That word that entered into David came to pass through an Egyptian who was left for dead in the desert. People. And it's because you are praying in that entire process. That's why you are walking and because you are making intercession and you've prayed for these people that are involved, when you meet 
that person there without even your mind knowing because your spirit has interceded over that person and has come to know that, right? By, they will just be drawing forth from levels deeper than you where you just sit down, decide to sit down and start a conversation with that person there because your spirit knows this is the person even though your mind doesn't know because you know not what to pray for as you ought but the spirit makes intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered. But you're praying there for the people. Now when you understand this, you get more compassionate to people. When you understand this, you understand that this is the chain. He says for kings and queens, for kings and for all eminent people and then you give thanks. Lord, I just, I just want to give thanks to you for every single one. I, I just want to give thanks. I, I just want to give thanks. And you give him thanks after you finish the prayer. And, and you have a heart of gratitude. And, and you have a heart of thanksgiving. Uh, you don't take people for granted. You, you don't take, you don't go in an environment and you, know, you, take, you don't have an entitlement mentality. You don't cut short what God wants to do. So it starts with you getting that witness inside your heart. But you've got to understand. And, 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 and you know, it, it becomes, and that's what he said. He said, look, we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and all honesty. Somebody does, I mean, someone could say, well, God is leading me to study house fellowship. But the landlord stays in that area. He talks bad about the landlord, never giving thanks. He's living inside somebody's house. All the person is doing is paying rent. Now, that house gives you positioning. You have access to certain things. This man built his house. You were not there. You don't know the sacrifice he went through. And then you just sit down and start talking, not as useless, land or stupid. And you, you can't even find a way to give God thanks that somebody decided. Now you say you want to start a house fellowship. And he says that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. And the man says to you, if you ever start that, I'll kick you out of this place. They always say it's demonic, but you missed it. Because he told you from day one to be praying for kings, for those in authority. Anybody that holds any position like that, he says, be interceding for them. You know, when we were in school, I learned something from a gentleman. I won't mention his name, but I never forgot, just by observing him. We ran into trouble, right, as a group with somebody who was in authority. And this man, who we ran in trouble with, was very angry. And this chap that used to work for him was one of us. And he gave a deadline. In fact, told the you should all get out of his organization back then. And then he called me once, and I had a conversation with him, and he said, I've given you a long rope. Because, well, to call him, he said, you seem to understand authority, but you still have allegiance to your friends. But at the back of my mind, I said, this guy who works for you, as almost the number five guy or six guy you're set up, is one of us. How come he never spoke to that guy? Then I realized that guy was an intercessor. He had always been an intercessor in school. He was head of intercession. And then it dawned on me that when you pray for people who are in authority over you, there is a disposition of peace. You see, 
You know, the scripture says, Weak, wicked spirits in high places. Paul was telling Timothy, cover those who are in authority. Things will be much easier for you if the people who are in authority over you support your vision than fight against it. That's what he was telling. That look, there are some things we may have gone through that wasn't necessary. We left those in authority over us uncovered. We left those who could make decisions uncovered. We weren't praying. We were working in office, we were working in an environment, we were doing our business, we weren't praying the, the chain through which the blessing was going to come. We didn't cover it in intercessory prayer. So we believed, we saw scriptures, but the individuals through which the connection was going to come, we left it open. We didn't worship God over them. We didn't give thanks for them. We didn't go there and travel and make sure the Holy Ghost was in control of those supply chains. That the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. And he can turn it whichever way. We focused on scripture, but we forgot the people. We say God has given us his word, we shall recover. But we walked past the Egyptian who was in the desert sick. And said we are going to fulfill God's word. We didn't know the place of people in the fulfillment of God's word. After revelation, the next thing is people. I heard Dr. Robert say this, without a vision, the people perish. He said, but you can reverse that and be saved. Without a people, your vision will perish. Show me a person who understands the importance of people. And I'll show you somebody who can't fail. Who recognizes the importance of every single person in the process. Who goes to get contracts from a company. And understands that even the front desk person holds an eminent position. That's what it means there. Everybody that holds an eminent position in the entire process. Who knows that even the driver. I mean, there was a day I was going to make a decision, I remember, on something. And I was on the phone talking to somebody about the decision. And my driver was there driving many years ago. And dropped, he said, Oga. I said, yes. And he said to me, Yoruba, but let me just see what he said. He said, are you trying to choose between to give it to either this person or that person? I said, yes. He said, it's not my business. I shouldn't interfere. But I've interacted with both individuals. This person's spirit is better than that person's spirit. Why do I remember if he didn't have an influence on me? Why do I remember something that happened? probably in 1996, 97. Why do I remember today? Because his word was waiting. That driver had a position. He was in authority of some sort. And probably that person treated him in a particular way. And he just picked it up in the spirit. And when the decision was... Wasn't it the chief butler who was by the king? He wasn't a high-ranking person, but he was in authority. He was part and parcel, essentially, of the process. When Mordecai was going to be saved, he, the person who told, they went to meet the king and told the king about what Mordecai did. So, believe for things, but cover people. And make sure your heart is offense-free. You are giving thanks for everybody that is involved in that process. And you are worshipping God. What do we mean? Yes, you prayed for them. You thought something would happen when we didn't stay in worship. To be disappointed is to have put your trust in something else 
other than God. I believe you are blessed by this. God, come to an end here. And I want to pray for every single person who listened to this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you grant every single person under the sound of my voice wisdom. Wisdom. A heart of understanding. Meekness and humility. To understand the supply chain from heaven right unto them. And that inner strength to forgive and to cover every single person who is in that process with your worship, thanksgiving, and intercession. And I speak over your life in the name of Jesus that all prayers that have been answered, that God will show you in Jesus' name the decisions you've got to make in love to unlock those answers and cause those things to materialize in Jesus' name. Amen. You got to stop at this point. Hope you were blessed by God's word. Want to say once again, thank you so much for listening. And see you at this time next week. God bless you. You are welcome back. What a time we've had in today's service. What a word. God is just so amazing. And we thank him indeed for his word that he continues to give us, to nourish us, to help us grow, and to build us in our most holy faith. If you would like to get a copy of today's message or any of our messages from the Covenant Nation, please visit our website, www.insightsforliving.org. It's written right on the screen. Go to the e-library section and you'll be able to get so many messages messages available to you. Like I said at the beginning, if this is your first time, maybe you just stumbled on this broadcast or you had heard about us and this is your first time tuning in, thank you once again. If you would like us to reach out to you, please would like you to fill a form. Just type in www.insightsforliving.org forward slash new to church, new to church, N-E-W-T-O, church, C-H-U-R-C-H, and fill the form there. Let us know your details and we will reach out to you. Remember that services still continue Sunday morning. So tomorrow, Sunday, 6.45 a.m. service starts on mixlr.com forward slash covenant, which goes right into 7 a.m. on Instagram and Facebook. Pastor Boju will be teaching live there. Join us. Tell your friends, tell your family to join us Sunday morning. There is also the service you can watch at 8 a.m. and at 11 a.m. online YouTube and Facebook service. We're broadcasting there. Another service different from what you've watched today. If you would like to watch a television broadcast at 10 a.m. on Channels Television, there would also be a service there for you. Children are not left out. Children ages 0 to 5 have their broadcast online as well at 10 a.m. and our children ages 6 and above also have their broadcast at 12 noon on Sunday morning so there's something for everyone and for the teenagers teenagers have a live service on Instagram live at TCN Jesus Tribe TCN the Covenant Nation TCN Jesus Tribe 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings as well so there's something for everyone I want to thank you once again for being a part of this broadcast I am sure that you have been blessed and indeed I would say continue to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Have a most amazing new week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818 600 0082. God bless you.
Welcome to our Saturday teaching um, session in this service. Uh, first of all, let me thank you so much for allowing us into your private space today to be able to share God's word with you. We'll just say a word of prayer as we go into the message. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the gathering of your people right here. We thank you for the supply of your spirit. I ask by the power of that same spirit that you grant utterance, that I speak as your oracle, that your word goes forth unhindered by any demonic interference, but in simplicity with accuracy and in power, that light shines upon our path. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, today we want to um, speak on a subject of praying. And I started this during the midweek service, and I just want to uh, go on with it here. And we have, in the past, spoken about when a person offers up unto God what is called the prayer of faith. In other words, this is a prayer where the individual knows within their heart what God's will really is on the subject matter. In other words, they understand perfectly what God's will is and they position themselves in the place of faith in order to receive from God. Uh, and we understand that the place of faith here is what makes prayer or gives power to prayer. It's not just in the motions that we make or in the sounds that we make or in uh, you know our just our bodily motions now the spirit of god in expressing himself inside of us can begin to um, as he controls our members manifest um, certain activities on the inside of us in in certain uh, motions within our body because uh, our, our bodies is the temple of the holy spirit directly connected to the spirit so there are can be movements in the body that as a result of the activity of the spirit of god on the inside of us but what gives power uh, to prayer is really faith and faith has its root in knowing the will of god in other words it's a person that knows god's will there because faith is putting your trust in God that he will do what he has said he was going to do or what he has promised he is going to do. Uh, faith begins where the will of God is known, uh, where there is an inner assurance within a person concerning something, where a person has a witness on the inside of themselves that has been placed there by God himself. Uh, this way communication for prayer is that will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. So it's about you going up to God uh, and receiving power to bring about certain manifestations right upon the earth. And we'll be looking at First Timothy here and we're looking at um, the, the importance of praying for people. Now we, we believe God for things, but I believe we fail many a times because we don't pray for people. Because these things largely are going to come through people. Uh, and what has happened is God has heard and answered our prayers. But because the territory in which the manifestation is going to come 
has not been covered and occupied. And we haven't taken possession of the supply chain. We've left it open to the forces of darkness so they can interfere, not with God's answer, but with the manifestation to that answer. Uh, don't confuse this. A lot of people do it. Uh, they say because of our relationship with God, our prayers cannot be hindered. That's not true. Because of our relationship with God, all right, we have God's ear. But the manifestation of the answers to our prayers can be hindered. It's in the Bible. It talks about the fact that husbands should treat their wives in a certain way, lest your prayers be hindered. Uh, we can see, and it's clear, that the way and manner in which you treat people in your environment can hinder or can open up the door for the answers to your prayers. Why do you think the scripture says that be hospitable unto strangers? For some have entertained angels unawares. What's he speaking about? Angels bring the answers to our prayers. They are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of the salvation. So they are there to make sure that we experience this salvation within our lives. Uh, and, and it says that the way you entertain or your hospitality on the earth can either open up or can shut the door on angelic ministration right upon the earth. So it's important that we actually take hold of the territory there which has to do with people. And, and, and we see Paul telling Timothy something about this and equipping Timothy with the spiritual skills there uh, to get results in prayer. And he tells him in 1 Timothy and chapter 2 and verse 1, he said, I exhort therefore that first of all, now the word first of all there is a word that speaks of ranking. And it's saying that I exhort you that follow this particular order in prayer. Uh, there is an order in prayer. He said first it's supplication. Uh, then the second is what he called prayer. He said the third there is intercession and the end there is the giving of thanks. So he talked about four different types of prayer, but then he spoke about the order in this particular type of prayer, or in the order of prayer here. Uh, um, I, I remember it was Buddy Harrington, gone home to be with the Lord, um, but he was the son-in-law of, of Kenneth Hagin. And he said, uh, and I read this in his book, on petitioning for the impossible. And this opened up my eyes uh, to this particular portion of scripture. And he was speaking about the fact that, uh, just to cut long story short, they needed some finances to publish what he called, because he used to run a publishing house then, all right, and to publish um, a Bible called Topical Bible back then, which was really selling in the market, but he needed some finances. And he was praying and began to confess and confess, and he knew that this thing wasn't working. You know, we can't just take principles here and, and just begin to use principles because we've heard them and we are using them in desperation, but there's really no conviction or persuasion in our hearts about it. Now, I want to talk about where this persuasion comes from. And he said he was, you know, just turning all his confessor and it wasn't working. So what happened was a man by the name of Reverend Happy Caldwell and um, Reverend Jerry Savell came over to his house. They came for the winter Bible seminar back then. I think it was happening in 1979. 
and came over to his place. And then they were talking about it. And one of them talked about this order in prayer. And then he said, you know, you are asking, said he needed finances and he had gone to meet the banker um, to if they could give them some facility to print those Bibles. And they already had orders for it. They knew that, you know, once they put them out, they were going to sell, be able to pay back. And the banker said, we don't, all right, do this kind of things, your type of organizations and all of that. And I think it was Happy Cardwell that said, or Jerry, the Reverend Jerry Savella or Reverend Happy Cardwell that said, if you look at this prayer, it says supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. He said, these prayers are offered up for people. And he told him that the finances that you are looking for is in the hands of the banker. So you are praying for money, but you are leaving those who are in authority. And he goes on and says, for kings and for all those who are in authority. You are not praying for those who are in authority over the finances, but you are praying and believing for the finances. And those who are in authority over it are acting uh, all right, contrary to the will of God concerning that particular thing. Now, you do understand that pray is, prayer is, let thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. So it is the will of God being fulfilled through men in this particular situation. He said, God cannot send money from heaven. All the money, all right, is numbered on the earth. If anything falls out of heaven, it will be counterfeit. So we need to pray for the banker. And so they decided that they were going to do that and then offer up first and foremost what was called a supplication. Now, what is supplication? A supplication is based first and foremost on an inner assurance that you have that this is the will of God concerning this thing. And therefore, you petition God. It's like a written formal request asking for something based on the known will of God. This is so important. You know, the Bible says we should come up to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and then find grace to help in a time of need. Uh, now, many people are praying and what they are asking for is grace to be made manifest, but they haven't, first of all, obtained what we'll call mercy. What do we mean by obtaining mercy? Uh, God told the children of Israel in the book of Exodus, he told them, he said, when you come up to the mercy seat, he said, come up there and you offer up your incense. I will descend in my cloud. And when you come to this mercy seat, he said, there will I give you your, I will commune with you and give you commandments. And that's the place where God talks to people there. When a person has obtained the mercy of God in a particular situation, I will tell you, you have obtained the revelation of God's mind concerning that particular thing. God has opened up his heart and his mind and he has brought and when you obtain mercy, you have an inner assurance there. There is an inner assurance that this is what God is set to do in this particular situation. You have heard within your spirit the sound of the abundance of rain. Now you position yourself in prayer to find grace to bring about the fulfillment of what mercy has revealed unto you. Uh, let me give an example here. Uh, um, 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 faith always begins where the will of God is known. Uh, to, to exercise faith for something is to put your trust, and that's where it's only possible, to put your trust in God for the fulfillment of something that he communicated unto you that he wants to do in your life or on the earth. 
In other words, Abraham was fully persuaded. What was Abraham's faith? He was fully persuaded that that which God had promised him, God was also able to perform. God had promised him. Paul said in Acts chapter 27, he says, Sirs, be of good cheer, it shall be unto me according. He says, I believe God that it shall be unto me according to that which was spoken. Uh, um, Mary uh, was told Mary there shall be a performance of those things that were told her by the Lord. So the performance that God is able to perform, what? What he had promised, that there shall be a performance of what? Of that which was spoken. So when the angel of the Lord came to Mary, Mary obtained mercy in the sight of God. And that mercy was granted unto her when that word came and the revelation of the fact that she was going to be the mother of Jesus. But then when she now said, how can these things be? Which means God now, the angel now explained to her that it's by the grace of God that which has been revealed in his mercy shall come to pass within your life. By the grace of God, that which has been revealed by God's mercy will come to pass. Which means where you now have a performance is the grace of God that is working mightily in that situation. I remember when they prayed in the book of Acts, the Bible says, and great grace was upon them. And you saw the power of God in operation. Uh, when, when Paul, he talked about the grace, he said, when they perceived the grace. Now, now, by the mercy of God, from the foundation of this world, Paul had been called into that office. But when he discovered and found that mercy and saw it, positioned himself that way, grace now came, all right, to fulfill that particular thing. Uh, the Bible says, says, when they saw the grace that was given unto me, uh, the same that walketh mightily. It talked about that. That grace was given to me to the Gentiles. There was grace given to Peter and there was the performance. God walked mightily on the inside. When they saw the might of God, they knew that this was God's grace that was granted unto him. So the might of God comes in to fulfill that which the mind of God, so to speak, has revealed. So the mercy of God is the heart of God. The grace of God, let's say, is the hand of God to perform it. When you find mercy, you find what's in God's heart. When grace comes, it's the hand of God that comes in to bring about the fulfillment of that which is in the heart of God concerning you. So the first step is to obtain mercy here. What's in God's heart concerning this particular thing here? All right? So you go up to God there in worship uh, and you spend time worshiping him because a supplication is you making your request known unto him based on what God has first of all shown you or indicated that he wants to do. It is petitioning him according to his will. It's a legal word there. All right? So you are petitioning God according to his own will. It's like somebody who desires something and then wants the courts to give a judgment based on a desire that he has. But the court can't rule on just on your desire. The court must rule on the constitution or the law of the land. So this person hires a lawyer to get the lawyer to substantiate that desire 
through the law of the land and to make a request, which is the desire of that person, through the laws of the land so that the, the, the thing can be granted according to the laws of that particular land there. So in the case of Daniel, he understood by books what was contained in Jeremiah and then he offered up by prayer and supplication, which means he came and petitioned God according to what was written inside the book of Jeremiah. So supplication here is the definition is a written or a formal petition making your request known unto God, having first of all, have gotten an inner assurance, very important, a witness on the inside that God is inclined to doing this particular thing for you. In most cases, when you go to him and you are in need, the witness you are going to get is something that God is inclined to do exceedingly abundantly above what you imagined or what you just have asked. But there is, you have to have that inner witness. You have to have that confidence on the inside. That's your confidence when you go to pray. And so the important thing, first of all, is that Jesus Christ has prevailed to open the book. Regardless of what you are going through, the blood of Jesus has been shed and the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed to open the book. Don't rush and do what they call in politics kitchen sink strategy. In other words, let's just throw anything at the situation and be hopeful that something will catch fire. Uh, first of all, go into the word of God to ascertain and to find the scriptures there that will give you an inner witness as to what God, which means there is that conviction already on the inside of you from a scripture or portions of scriptures that speak directly to you concerning that particular thing that bring you into a place of conviction such that you can say out of your lips and you won't doubt inside your heart but believe that what you are saying will one day come to pass. That's the side of hope, which means you are expressing hope there. You are saying to this mountain, you are saying to something that is impossible, and you believe in your heart that what you are saying will come to pass, and you know that one day you are going to have what you are saying out of your lips. And so you can open your mouth wide, and you can use great plainness of speech and you can begin to speak words of hope and say it that listen one day this is things are going to happen in my life because you have a witness on the inside haven't taken time to look through the book and you have found areas in the word of god and you give voice to those things but it starts with that inward witness it starts with that inner assurance please i say again don't just just rush into things because that's where we miss it. That's the foundation of everything. Take some time first of all to ascertain and to have this conviction. Nobody else has to have it. The woman with the issue of blood before she went to make contact with Jesus had an inner witness that if I will touch the hem of his garment before she went into prayer, let's put it that way. She said, if I will touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She had that witness on the inside of herself and she was voicing that out. 
So you go into it. Let me show you what we're talking about. If you look at First John, I mean, God showed me this scripture recently here about this witness here. It says in First John chapter 5, it says, If we receive witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God which he testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son hath the witness in himself. So the witness is on the inside. He that believeth not hath made him a liar. Because he that believeth not hath not, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. And this is the record God hath given to us, eternal life, and the life is in his son. And he that hath the son hath life. And then he went on and said, These things have written unto you that you should believe in the name of the Son of God, or have that witness on the inside, that you may know you have eternal life, that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, now it's the confidence that we have, that after we've received the testimony of Jesus, John from verse 36. I have greater witness than that of John, for the works the Father had given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me. The Father himself which hath sent me hath borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape, for you have not his word abiding in you. For he whom he hath sent, you believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. So you get that witness from the scriptures. And you will not come unto me that you may have life. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.